Um, every now and then I get these weird like fits of like self self-reflection or interpersonal inspection and it's weird and I don't understand myself and I often don't talk about it. It just is happening in my brain and no one knows about it. So, um, and often it stems from a desire to always be uh, increasing or, or getting better and, and it's, a, it's, in a, it's, it's a reflection or a, an inspection of what I am doing and am I doing it well or is it, do, am I, what is what I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And if so, uh, how can I do that better? And um, if not, what what is it that that God should have me do um, to to continue to walk in in His ways and on His path? So um, over the summer, I was I, this prompted um, when we were in uh, not Oregon, um, Florida. So many states this summer. I'm like a world traveler. <laughs> it's only two. I can't keep two. <laughs> she just guess I should stay in California. Um, I started, this is when all these thoughts started to happen, so um, I really felt uh, the, the pull of the Holy Spirit upon me, calling me to a deeper relationship with God in a new way, and in a refreshing way, um, and to have, be more purposeful and intentional were kind of some a couple of the words uh, in my relationship with him, and it's, I think it's, it's a great confirmation that things that, we, that we've been hearing Pastor talk about are, is being intentional and, and purposeful, and we value scripture and, and all these things that so back up what uh, what God is placing on my heart for me personally. Um, so it's been a, a great, a great, I don't know, a great back to to hear that for me. So um, he was also began to speak to me about things that I would consider in myself inadequacies or uh, things of lack. Um, and I and I heard the Holy Spirit to tell me to stop labeling these inadequacies inadequacies as personal or personality traits. Like, I, I, I am not a good reader. It's no news to me, or probably anybody that's ever met me, or ever heard me try to read something. I am not a good reader. However, that has, that label that has been placed upon me in, uh, by my personal experience and my own, nobody else's doing but myself, has limited me in my abilities of growth and understanding. And I heard the Lord say, stop doing that. Labels limit. Labels limit. When you put a label on something, it limits its ability to become something else. You put it in a box. Um, So my label for myself of not being able to read limited God's ability to fulfill what his word says is that when we are weak, he is strong. So I was limiting God from making me strong because of my stupid thinking, (laughs) right? My label limited God. God had every ability and has every ability to fulfill or fill everything, to make everything that I am weak strong and everything that I'm lacking fill it up, everything that is broken to repair it. And But if I label it, then I limit the ability of God to work in that area of my life. So I began to hear different things about my own life. So I, I immediately went on. I asked, I was in, we were in Florida, and I asked Max Barroso, who is a, a dear friend of mine and a, and a wonderful man um, who will be here soon this year, actually. And, I, and if you've never heard or met Max, you must be here when Max is here in February, I believe, is when he's coming. He's staying at my house. I, I think I should know when he's coming. Um, so, but... He, I go, I, I, I respect him and trust him. I go, Max, what do I read? What do I need to read? Give me books. And luckily, he'd always already created a database. He uh, works with the IPHC conference in Oklahoma, and, and his main, like, overhead is, like, youth 
young people missions and things like that. But he, he also is dealing with youth ministry leaders. And so he'd created this resource of a bunch of different books um, and, and things that he would consider great reads or things must reads for um, different things, personal th reasons, youth ministry reasons, and leadership reasons, things like that. So he goes here, go to this link. And so I immediately when we got home, actually, I think before even we got home, Rachel got on Amazon and ordered some books. And, and so I have attempted. <laughs> I've already re I read one completely. It was really small and short and big, big, thick letters and, you know, lots of space in between. That's my kind of book, right? Because I finished the book. It was only like 100 pages. I was like, yeah, it's called accomplishment, right? Set goals that you can accomplish to, to then increase your, uh, you know, faith in yourself <laughs> to do something that you don't think you are very good at. So I'm on book two-ish um, among, among like reading the Bible and things like this and and, uh, and all that. So, but I, I decided that I am not going to label myself as a bad reader. I'm a, I'm a growing reader, <laughs> and with God, I will be a great reader. Um, not that that is the, the end-all, be-all, but the point is, is there. Um, I also heard God speaking to me about spiritualizing my laziness um, or lack of motivation into waiting on God. When what I'm waiting for is something that I have heard from God. If you hear from God, if you read the Bible and you are pricked and you, you are pricked into change, but now you're waiting on confirmation, what are you waiting on? You read it. It's the Bible, <laughs> right? Or if someone prophesies to you and you can match it up with the word of God, but you're like, no, nah, I'm going to wait for a second opinion. Like this is, you don't got cancer. Like, don't go to your next doctor and see. The dude said it. The Bible, where is, that is... Prophecy, Bible, last time I checked, God, Holy Spirit, Jesus. That's four people. That's four things all agreeing on one thing. Stop. This is all for me, right? Maybe you. Stop spiritualizing your laziness and your lack of motivation and calling it, I'm waiting on God. When you hear something God says to you, act on it. Move toward it. Anyway, um, so I believe for myself, but I also believe in a, in, a, in a deeper way that God is calling the church to a, a deeper, more purposeful, intimate relationship with him. And, and he desires less passive observer, consumer Christians, and he de desires more active participant Christians um, as a whole. Um, but again, this all, this all stemmed from my own personal conviction. So, you know, I'm saved. So I, I began to think about what I was going to say to you. That was all leading up to this, I guess. Um, so I'm saved, and, and that, that means that, you know, Jesus came, and he died on the cross, and I'm saved, and that was, that was the purpose of his death. I began to think, like, what was the purpose of his death versus the purpose of his life? Um, and so we all, I hope, know that Jesus came, and he died on the cross, and that is the ultimate sacrifice paid for all of our sins. He who, was, who knew no sin took sin upon him so that all of us who are in sin could become like him, he who knew no sin, so we could be saved, right? So that, that's pretty easy to understand. Jesus came, died, now you can be uh, saved from your sinful nature if you just confess and believe. Done. Like, that is an easy point, 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 done. If you don't understand that, then you're choosing not to, basically. However, I have read many things in the Bible that I've read and read and read, and I still don't understand. <laughs> so clearly, salvation is not where I'm at. Like, I'm saved. Sweet. Awesome. What now? 
and I've had this question a lot of times, and, and God has answered me and pushed me into new, new responsibilities, and what now? Okay, what now? I, and then sometimes I feel stagnant, and I ask the same question, what now? What is, what is the purpose, God? What do we do now? And I'm so thankful that, that Jesus didn't just come to die, but he also lived while he was here. Um, and so same now that we're saved, if you're saved, you didn't, you're not just waiting for a funeral, right? We're not supposed to just live our lives doing whatever we want, and then, and then our physical body dies, and we go to heaven, and we're with God, and finally we can live for God. That's not how it's supposed to work. Um, Bible expresses the, the salvation process as a, as a birth, a reborn, right? We call it born again Christianese or whatever. Like, you talk to somebody that has no idea about Jesus and tell them that they're going to be born again, they're going to get confused, right? You mean I'm born again? I'm not going in anybody's anything. I'm not coming out of anywhere, right? That, you're crazy, right? So, but it, it, this is the analogy that it gives. So in order for something to be birthed, it must not exist. So if I'm going to be reborn, I must not exist. So in order to be truly reborn, in order to be truly born again, you must die to yourself, right? You must put down, we sang a song today, I think, right? One of the songs, what I, I lay down my flesh, right? I lay down my flesh. All of the, all that is within me, I lay it down um, for, your, for your glory, for your purpose. Um, so we have to die to ourselves. Not one thing can remain um, that is us. So our, our desires, our, our thoughts, our everything has to go away, and we have to, we have to take on um, the new creation, it says. So Jesus didn't come to live a purposeless life, to die a purposeful death. A little closer. I don't like to hold it that close. <laughs> um, I'll say that again if you didn't hear it. So Jesus didn't come to live a purposeless life, to die a purposeful death. So purposeful death. So what was the point of his life? I believe that he came uh, to, to live as an example to us, or, or for us, rather. It's, he said that, I have come that you may have a life and that you may have it more abundantly. So he came to be an example and to give life. So he lived his life on earth as an example. He preached, he taught, he healed, he prayed, he loved, he did all, all kinds of amazing things um, as an example of what we should do on the earth. But when he preached, he didn't preach himself, he preached the kingdom, right? So he preached, he didn't say, I am here, believe in me, <laughs> He preached the kingdom, and at first he preached it, uh, he spoke about it in, in, in direct terms, and they, they rejected him, so he began to teach in parables. He began to teach in parables, and parables are basically, we can liken them to riddles, something that needs a key to unlock the, the meaning of it, all right? So, and then his disciples, when he was here, he began to teach in these parables, and his disciples started going, like, why are you doing this? Why? Why are you teaching in parables? And he, this is his explanation or his answer to them, which comes out of Matthew 13. It says, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But for the one who has not, even what he has will be taken. So the you in this comment that Jesus is uh, saying is the disciples people that were close to him, people that had a relationship with him, people that were following him, people that had sacrificed 
and altered their life in order to follow Jesus. So to you, those people that have done these things, that are close to me, that have sacrificed, that are living their life for me, to you, it is to know the secrets of the kingdom. So that's us also, right? You are seeking after God. You have altered your life and continue to alter your life to come in accordance to to God's word. And so it is written in the Bible that it is purposed for us to know the secrets of the kingdom now. He didn't say for you to know the secrets of the kingdom when you get to heaven. He said for you to know them, period. So that means it is now. So in order to know a secret, I began to think, if I tell someone a secret, I'm not just going to blab it out loud, right? So in order for someone be, to be someone who knows a secret from someone else, you got to be in good relationship with this person. You must be close to them. You have to be quiet, and you have to be listening, right? Again, to me, that was like, duh, and kind of also brain explosion. But I can't expect to know the kingdom, the kingdom secrets if I am far, far off from God, if I am not quiet, if I am not listening, if I'm not in good relationship with him. All right, but it is actually God's desire for us to have that close relationship. So we could also say that it's also God's desire to show us those kingdom secrets. He wants to give us good gifts. He wants to show us these awesome, amazing things. That would be his desire. So he, the mysteries of heaven are for us to understand. And the Bible tells us that there's a, there's a key, right? So we, we talked about the parables. He was teaching um, the kingdom principles through parables. And again, it needs a key to unlock. So, all right, now I'm like, okay, God, what, the, what is the key? <laughs> Give me the key, right? So this, I'm, I'm starting to study and hear this and and I'm like, all right, this all, this all makes sense. I, I now need a key. Like, where's the key? What do I do? What do I do? Um, <clears throat> so the Bible says that in, in Philippians 4, 6, or sorry, 4, 19, it says that God shall supply all our needs according to his riches uh, in glory by Christ Jesus. And it also says in Ephesians 1, 3, that God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. So those, if we put those two together, is we, have, we have all the needs we'll ever need, and we have been blessed with every single spiritual blessing. Right? That's what the, it says all, and it says every. Those are all-encompassing. Those are good, good words. But it says he's blessed us in heavenly places. So I live on earth, and God's in heaven, God is eternal. God is all-knowing and all-everything. He's, he's up there. And how do I get, again, back to the key situation, how do I get the blessings that he's blessing me with, every good blessing down here, active? How do I unlock those secrets? I believe that heaven and earth are not separate things. I believe that they're two parallel universes, if you, if you will, or two parallel things that, on two parallel tracks that operate together. And earth is not meant to operate separate from heaven, but earth is meant to operate just like heaven. It says in, in the creation story that God made the heavens and the earth. So he made earth after heaven, heaven and earth. 
earth is a visible expression of an invisible world. Invisible being heaven, earth being the visible. Then it says that he made Adam a visible expression of an invisible God, and he explains that we are made in his image. Now, if we look in Hebrews 11.3, I'm jumping around, but so basically this, this all came from um, different studies and, and some, other, some other people's ideas too. Um, but it's all things that I had read before that it, it was like, an, a, a, like the, what she was saying, like my eyes were opened to a new understanding. It was so timely and so appropriate for, for what, when I was, what God had placed on my heart. So in Hebrews 11 verse 3, it says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And I had to read that like 5,000 times to really understand. It's like, why, why is it written in those words? So if you read it over and over again, eventually you get to the normal English way of saying that. In other words, the things that are on earth or the things that are seen were made of things from heaven or made of things that are not seen. Because it says it, the things that were seen were not made of things that were seen, meaning that the things that were seen were, were made of things not seen. So every single thing that is here on earth, me, you, everything, was made in the likeness of something that, was, that, that is up in heaven. And then when Jesus hung on the cross and he said, it is finished. I believe that he wasn't just talking about the salvation that occurred through his sacrifice. I believe he was talking about every single thing that needed to be prepared, everything that needed to be provided. Every need is now met. Every prayer is now answered. Every healing has been performed. All that you have to do is ask, right? You have to go to him. The Bible says that the battle is already won. We have victory in Jesus. We don't have to fight. It's already there. He's already done it for us. It's not a battling. The battle is already won. And then after he died, he rose and he sat down. If I sit down, I'm done for the day. Like, don't get me back up. Like, I am out. So when Jesus sat down, he signified that everything was done. You will not get him back up until he is ready to come back for all of us. So when you pray, it's answered. The answer is already there. Your need is already met. It's coming. And so I, I began to also think about, okay, how do I access, how do I access the keys and how do I do this? And so I, I began to go back and I looked at the creation story again. And, and so when God wanted something, he spoke directly to what was holding it and, ha and what was holding it had to let it go. I'm going to say that one more time. So when God wanted something, he spoke to what was holding it and what was holding it had to let it go. For instance, God didn't say, let there be fish. If we go back to Genesis 1, he said, let the waters bring forth. He spoke to the water, that which was holding the fish, that which had the potential for fish. Everything that was needed for fish was there, and he spoke to the water, and the fish were there. He didn't say, let there be fish. He spoke to the waters and said, let bring forth fish. He spoke to the ground and said, bring forth all the food stuff. I'm my vernacular. But he didn't say, let there be food. He spoke to the ground and said, bring forth. Right? So the ground had the potential for everything there. Same thing with the creatures. And then he looked at himself and he said, 
I look pretty good. Let's make man. And he spoke to himself. He didn't say, let there be man. He said, let, let, let's make man in our image. He spoke to himself, and then you were. So when God wants something, and if we were to be like God and we're following God's example, you speak to what is holding it, and what is holding it will release it. So we're talking about finding the keys to the kingdom, the kingdom that is holding our blessings, the kingdom that has every need that I already met, every healing that you need is already done, everything that you could possibly want and ask for, every blessing, every need, every everything is stored up for you. And so when we speak the word of God, God speaks his word already, right? So we can talk about the things that God said, but to our brains, that is the, we need to speak the word of God, Okay. So, back to that same scripture, Hebrews eleven, three. Let's take the first part of it. It says the worlds were framed by the word of God. That's the beginning part of that. And then it says this: things that were seen were not made of the things that were seen. So, if everything on earth was framed and built by the word of God, therefore the word of God is the keys. That is the key right there. That's the key. When the word is spoken on earth, it creates that which is not seen to become seen. And you can have assurance that it will be done because the Bible says in Isaiah 55:11, so shall my word be uh, that goes forth from my mouth and it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and I, it will prosper in the things for which I sent it. So when you pray about a situation, it's not going to go void. It will accomplish that which it was meant for. If you pray the word of God, if you speak the word of God over your situation, it will happen. You can have the confidence in God, in the Bible. It is truth. Um, it, I, I still don't have all of, like, this is still just working in me, and, and I feel almost inadequate, but I had to share, <laughs> basically, is the way I felt. I had to share what, I, what the process in which I was in. So, so far, Jesus has can't come to save me, and that's awesome, but I'm not just living for, for death. I'm living life, life in which he has given me, and he's also given me keys to unlock every blessing and every need that I'll ever have, and that is his word of God. And if I will speak with confidence in love, I will, I will unlock the keys of heaven to be here on earth. He, Jesus came preaching the kingdom of heaven. He said, pray like this. My will be done, right? Seek yeah, my kingdom come. My will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? That was one of his examples of how we should pray. And also says, seek and you'll find and knock and the door will be open. There is an action that is needed on our part. More and more, I, I am finding this urgency and this seriousness within me about the things of God and the kingdom of God. And I, I feel more and more like I'm like, kind of like a freak or something. But I, I, I feel such an urgency and almost like, don't you get it? <laughs> don't you get it? Like, how awesome is it to have that knowledge? The keys of heaven are, where is it? The keys of heaven are right in your hand. <laughs> Why does the Bible say to, to hide his word in your heart? Why do people memorize scripture upon scripture upon scripture upon scripture? And those same people are probably those same people that when faced in a situation, they're not scared. They don't fear. They don't worry. They don't wonder. Right? They have the confidence that comes from the word of God. And so 
I hope that God will use me in a way that can bring change to my generation. As I see kids every single day, thousands actually, literally thousands, um, I'm on campuses that, that culminate about 4,500 kids, um, and I have opportunities. You have opportunities. And, and I talked, I, I continually talk about um, something that stirs in my, in my heart is how many times I walk past an opportunity and I don't take it because I'm not, um, my eyes aren't open, right? So I pray that all of us would begin to live by the Spirit, that would be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit as we go throughout our daily life. It's not voodoo magic, it's just, it's simple. Salvation is simple, which is what you're doing, right? When you walk by someone that needs a hand on the shoulder, or a hey dude, or a how's it going, you all right? That's, we're, not, we're not preaching the kingdom to him yet. <laughs> we're just showing the love of God. And so I don't want to walk by any of those people anymore. I want to go deeper in my own relationship, and I want to see the world as God sees them, and I want to see the people that I walk by as God sees them, just as he saw me when I was a freshman in high school. And for some odd reason, that's the time he chose to, to open my eyes to see him. I want him to open my eyes to see everybody, the way he sees me and the way he sees you.